When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast for SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, contributor at McCoveyChronicles.com, and with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes about the Giants at GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, the season's over. We, we made it. Oh, we made it. 81 and 81. What a year. <laughs> what a year. Uh, it, the most oatmeal of seasons. <laughs> uh, no brown sugar, no, um, no regular sugar, just, just a bowl of plain oatmeal. I feel like there's a few raisins in there. Oh, well, well, yeah. Uh, I could, I guess I could see that, but some people might like raisins a lot. Um, some people might, I guess, I don't know. I guess those are the um, well, Austin here, here's Wins the deal. fans. So, so there's some people <laughs> who like raisins a lot. And there's some people who want more raisins, but there's only like four raisins in the whole bowl. So you think it's going to be, so even if you like raisins, you think it's going to be better than it is. If you don't like raisins, they're going to ruin every bite they're in. It's the exact wrong amount of raisins. <laughs> How many raisins? Four. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Four raisins <laughs> in the in the bowl. I, I guess all all the talking points have been taken. We certainly were all riffing about it on Twitter. But you know, Gabe Kapler has under has overseen a historic run of Giants baseball. The fewest losses ever in a season, the most wins in a season, and the first eighty one and eighty one season ever. Beating your projection by a single game, Doug, that's got a sting. <laughs> hey, take that projection. <laughs> all, all those Las Vegas odds makers they thought they knew what the Giants were. They had no idea. The Brazoni model. One game. Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple weeks ago, you had, we were kind of talking like, how, how do you even see where this is, you know, them pulling this off? Maybe they get to 75 wins. Ah, and then you said 80, 80 and 82. And, and here we go. Uh, I mean, I guess the season, I posted this on the Covey Chronicles. What are we supposed to think about with this season? I mean, disappointing feels like the kindest possible way of describing it. At a minimum, it's disappointing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was un- kind of unpleasant, occasionally fun, but just as occasionally not fun. Um, you know, basically bookending the year with good play, I, I guess yeah. that's a positive. That's definitely yeah. Something. Just those four months in between were, were <laughs> crap. So that established what kind of team they are. Okay, so we're going to talk about sort of what we liked about the season, what we didn't like about the season, what we hope to see in this off season, and then we're going to go get to your listener questions. And this is going to be our 
season season finale or season wrap up finale. And we'll have a couple of extra, uh, some special episodes in the coming weeks. And then we'll take a little hiatus, probably around the uh, winter meetings. We might come back depending on where Doug is. This is the time of the year where you go on your um, most dangerous game hunt though, right? You, uh, you prep for that trip? Yeah. So, I mean, they, what happens every year is that they say this year, you're going to be one of the hunters. And then what happens every time <laughs> you are the hunted, I'm the hunted. <laughs> it's like, God guys. Uh, but this time they say, they say they're not going to do it again. So I think, I, I think I have a good feeling about it. I think I won't have to, to kill some of my fellow hunters this year and escape with my life, but maybe I will. It's all the same to me. <laughs> as long as the theme isn't predator. I think you've got a shot. Hey, so. I, wa- I watched the new Prey movie. I know how to kill those things. <laughs> that movie was good. And I really did like the idea that he is like a big game weekend hunter. And she basically beat the the Predator version of a boomer on a safari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, no one told me going in that she was all, that a bunch of uh, like French colonialist, colonialist trappers were also going to get killed. So that was a nice little bonus. <laughs> All right. What what do we besides pray? What did we like from this season of Giants baseball? Uh, let's spend some time talking about that. Doug, I talk way too much of the analytics show, so please <laughs> tell me some things you liked about this season. <laughs> uh, so going down the players, I can name offhand. Uh, obviously, Carlos Rodon had a great year. Uh, then Logan Webb, Camilo Duvall, Tyra Estrada had a nice year. Uh, I hope that sound came across. I was doing it that sure as loudly did. as I could. I could hear the toothpick in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't there, but it sounded like. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, you know, there are people who were fine. Like I, Evan Longoria was fine. But uh, it, overall, that was about it. The, it was them and then everyone else was pretty disappointing. This is what I liked about the season. Um, John Miller picking up Wordle. Just that his discovery, yeah. just his discovery of it, and astonishment, and then how the team sort of tanked for a while. Like briefly after that, it was weird to line that up. But then also just picking it up almost a month later, he was still doing it and talking <laughs> about it. That was great. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing Wordle too. I want to talk to John Miller about Wordle. <laughs> I think I have some good strategy tips, but I want to pick his brain about it a little bit and see where he's at. <laughs> He's he has the you know I'm skeptical about technology too, but when he gets into something and picks it up, that it is the thing now. It's pretty great. And Dave Fleming sort of being like, "All right," and just enjoying it was was great. I mean, I will say for me personally, listening to most of the games on the radio this year instead of watching them, it's just, it's just like a complete transported to a completely different place, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, especially because on the radio, you have to temper everything a lot more than watching it. Um, I guess along those lines, Farhan Zaidi being in the booth watching the team play like the Keystone Cops in front of him and then oh, yeah. just kind of leaving in disgust was was amazing. And it's like he can't, you know, there's nothing you can say. You know, he's he's trying to put, you know, efficient lipstick on a pig as efficiently as possible. And uh, it's just not working. And it's, it's great when when that happens. So that was definitely a lot of fun. Um Captain Belt. Yeah, it was fun when he came in on the boat. 
too bad about the rest of the year, but that was neat. Well, see, well, this right now, just for this segment, we're just talking about what we liked about the yeah. season. Yeah. R- Ruff is on the move. <laughs> yeah, the, the bookend uh, walk-off wins in the first home game and the last home game. Yeah. Also, nice... Ruff is on the move translating into maybe what might wind up going out as one of the greatest trades in Giants history, at least a century. <laughs> Uh, for J.D. Davis. Uh, Not just J.D. Davis, but two prospects that could potentially light it up. Um, Uh, I I like the rumor that went up up on Twitter yesterday. The Giants are going to be in on Trey Turner and uh, and Aaron Judge. I had that that, like weeks ago on my Twitter. I was like, uh, you know, uh, Trey Turner, J.D. Davis, Aaron Judge, two, three, four, three all-stars in 2023. That maybe for another team, though, could still work. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to those headlines in a bit, but I like that one of the things you liked this season was talk of next season. So. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it could be better. They haven't lost a single game in 2023 yet. I think it's I, I'm the negative Nancy here, so this is funny that I'm coming coming up with. You said Camilo Duvall, the emergence of Camilo Duvall, not just pitching with confidence, but developing a sinker that's just devastating, adding to that arsenal. And him basically getting that that closer vibe, the closer persona, that was really cool to see. Wanting the ball and, and attacking and not not nibbling. Uh, second half of the season, that really kicked in. But, Doug, that's a player thing. How about an owner thing? How about discovering that Buster Posey might be a secret billionaire? Yeah, that, I mean, I'm happy for him. <laughs> that's, that's great. You know? Well, right now, he's potentially more Tony Stark than Batman. out there helping the giants get better that's a possibility it's a non-zero chance uh john brevia's effectiveness coming back from tommy john surgery until he wasn't effective because they overused him but uh but i liked it i liked how his year went he he had 11 games that he opened he started and that 11 those 11 games started screwed up fan graphs um, tracking of him in the reliever starter category. So if you try to do like reliever sorting, searching to see how effective he was and compared to all the other relievers in baseball, he doesn't actually show up there. Oh, right. <laughs> because yeah. he's got too many starts. So that was funny. Hey, I'm finding as many good things as I can. Okay. <laughs> David VR, I think making good on, on an impressive swelling minor league performance and coming up to the major leagues and, and figuring things out and managing to hang in there for the rest for this season. I think that's a great story. Evan Longoria, like you said, but I mean, he, he has, when he was been, uh, when he stayed on the field, he's been very useful to the giants. There's still baseball in that body. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, he can, he can still play. It's just, well, this is the positive part. He can still play. And that's a positive. That's right. He definitely has like the, um, he's, he definitely looks like he's playing with dad strength. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I I think the Hunter Pence Wall of Fame was was cool. I, I liked that. Um, I liked number twenty two being retired. We don't have to get into all that because of the the player and all that stuff. It's not connected. But I think it's just I think it's enough to say that for thirty years, seeing anyone else wear that number is weird. And I think it was good that they retired it. Um, and then the twenty twelve reunion, because it turns out the twenty twelve team was really 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 special. And I don't think Giants fans minimized it, but it's one of those things where you go and you look back on it and it's like, it doesn't get as much attention because it wasn't the first. And then it wasn't the last with Bumgarner being all the heroics, 
But 2012 basically had everything any fan of any team could want in a championship run. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that and seeing the reunion, seeing the, the banter on stage, everyone made some Affelt jokes. It was just like old times. That's right. And I liked the old times because the Giants <laughs> were better then. <laughs> and I think a 10-year reunion, uh, even if they want to do 15s, whatever, but I think those reunions are worth having. It didn't feel like they've been like other years where it's just like, hey, remember, we won a championship. So it was just one of those times where it wasn't it wasn't so cynically you know, spackled on to whatever garbage they were presenting to us. Speaking of which, do you have anything else to add? Because otherwise, let's get into the things we didn't like about the no, season. No, I, I think let's <laughs> let's hit it. All right, number one for me, the losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the losing as number one. I've got Zach Littell as number two. And for my number three, the lack of winning. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's a good uh, that's a good list. I will, I'll say the the holes in the system that meant they had to trade for Dixon Machado. Mm. Like, it's not that he's a particularly bad player. I mean, he's not a good player. He's not a good hitter. He's a good fielder. It's that how does this team not have a shortstop behind Brandon Crawford, who is a thousand years old in baseball terms, or 35 in real terms. Um, and they had nothing behind. I mean, you know, they had Tyro Estrada, who was briefly hurt. But, like, the whole point is you should have more depth. You should be able to sort of do that on your own. And the fact they couldn't was was all of the failures of the team sort of encapsulated in one guy. And they trade some, some really minor nothing uh, prospect for – I mean, I don't know if he was in, even a prospect. They might have been, like, a triple-A – minor league free agent uh, for Machado who, you know, just this completely insignificant move uh, that it just, it meant nothing and you're watching it and it's like, Oh, all of this means nothing. It doesn't matter. They're, they're not good enough. They don't have anything uh, to do here. So, I mean, that was the move that really just annoyed me this year. Like how is this team scrambling like this? How are they this desperate for anyone who can pretend to play on a major league field? Because that's what it felt like to me. So that, I mean, you you putting it exactly that way, because it I guess it is just one of those things where it all kind of made sense to us in the moment, but it, it really is exactly what you said. It's It's a failure of the system. You just transported me quickly back to maybe it was a long read history of Brian Sabian talking about his Giants career. And him specifically citing Wilson Delgado being called up in 1996 because the Giants ran out of, they didn't have any shortstop, so they had to call up a rookie from A-ball. And Brian Sabian specifically said, I had never seen that before. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that was, that led to, you know, the GM being fired. And, you know, that was part of a season of transition anyway, and Sabian coming in, uh, ascending after that. But that was something he pointed out. And that was one of the things that motivated the trades that he did and, and trying to remake the roster, um, not on the fly, but recognizing that the organization, the major league roster, especially needed a massive overhaul. And it, and it was, so that's an interesting, that specifically is a tremendous point. And even to the, um, even to the idea that Roger was telling us where, you know, the giants were sort of hoping for Elliot Ramos to emerge. And then when he didn't, it, it caused them to scramble. Right. 
So that kind of was like they had no contingencies um, for their half measures that they were already planning to go as full measures, sort of, basically. Like it seemed like, yeah, exactly that. And to that end, uh, another thing I didn't like about the season was the need to cover so many innings with the bullpen. Um, Because it made me realize, you know, just as a example, last year, the starters pitched 831.1 innings. The relievers pitched 623.2 innings. This year, starters pitched 783 innings and relievers 650 innings. So it's a pretty substantial, I'd say that's a pretty substantial increase. And it's not even factoring in, and I'm just doing a quick and dirty look, then I don't, I think baseball reference just counts even if it's your opener innings yeah, in there so it's it's like not even it's it's even more would technically go to the relievers in that in that configuration and i so let's just round up that's like 35 extra innings that the bullpen pitched this year and uh versus last year and they weren't that good to begin with <laughs> like i don't think anyone went in into the season i'm sure people did but the, the giants bullpen could be good but individually you look at those guys and you're like yeah if they don't have to cover from the fifth inning on they can mix and match every night but that's not how it worked out um so you know the gossman thing it was certainly a big deal i i i think it this is the machado thing they thought disclafani was going to be able to kind of cover that and to in fairness alex cobb had he not been injured early in the season, Alex Cobb was really, that was, he was a great, he was exactly what they thought he would be. So that went perfectly, except for the injury that knocked yeah. him out. Um, uh, and also the defense behind him, which is another thing I have to <laughs> say I did not like. I, I put like him twice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't care for the bad defense and I didn't care for the worst defense. Yeah. The only <laughs> two kinds they had. Yes. Um, no, I mean, that really hurt a lot. I mean, it's one of those things when you watch just a rate, like a competent defensive team, not a good defensive team, not like a team of Andrelton Simmonses or whatever, but just like competent regular baseball players who do boneheaded things once every couple weeks. Like, and you're like, yeah, okay. Like it's annoying. You'll, you'll yell about it, but it's not like their identity as a team. And you don't really appreciate that until you watch a team like this year's giants who would do like three boneheaded things every day for two weeks straight. Yeah, I think if a ball got hit into the outfield, it was just you're saying your prayers. Yeah. And I think the to me, the only thing that still that was the shocker for three months was when anything on the infield would happen. And it was like, really? Because it seems like on the infield, you'd be OK. Tyro Estrada is such an interesting player in that regard because none of the defensive numbers like him at all. And it, and so it's sort of one of those things where it's like, is he actually not that good defensively? He's OK. Um, cause he is a solid player all around. He's certainly not the reason why the Giants defense was terrible. I wouldn't blame that on, on him, but I'm just like, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, wow, I guess <laughs> there's not a lot of good there. I I'm sure not having Brandon belt at first base hurt some things, not having Brandon belt at all this year could have very well hurt a lot of things. And that was another thing I didn't like about the season is the end of Brandon belt as a giant for sure, I would say. And as a baseball player, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, we've been, if you've been on, if you've been on McCovey Chronicles for a long time, we've always been a very pro-Brandon Belt site. Uh, maybe unnecessarily so at times. And, uh, but to see the end of him, you know, when he's finally turning into the bad player that his detractors always said he was, you know, because he's too old, he's too injured. 
I mean, it, it hurts. It's not fun. He's, he's one of the guys like he's, he's been around for a decade. You want to see him, you want to see him in there. You want to see him doing the things he's been doing. He had such a good year last year and then it just isn't happening this year. And you know, I, I'm kind of torn on, I want him to come back and play again, but I don't think the giants should resign him. I don't think it makes sense for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you actually. I mean, watching the Rays get absolutely shut down yesterday, I thought um, that maybe Tampa Bay would be a good spot for him. Just yeah, uh, they'll, they'll give him a one year, $3 million deal and then yeah. he'll be good. And then uh, he'll go sign somewhere else and then be injured. Well, I mean, I think the main thing is, yeah, if he's actually healthy, there's no question he can help a team. And at the same time, I think the Giants needing to move on is such a big... We're going to get into that in a second, actually. But I mean, Brandon Belt, really, the end of him, and to a lesser extent, Crawford, that really is the end of this era. I really, that's really it. Um, that for some reason that's not the part that really bothered me as much it, it's just so much like the new era has no identity right now so there is no trans it doesn't feel like a transition it just feels like an unceremonious end and now we're in this weird abyss yeah i mean and the thing about the thing about that abyss is that it's annoying yeah here's so you already talked about the overuse of the bullpen it, while we're still in the the things we don't like portion i will specifically call it the bullpen games which are just awful to watch i just (laughs) like aesthetically i don't like them at all i don't care like i don't care if they go well it's just exhausting yeah like okay god it's another pitcher great okay (laughs) um and then the other thing that i i really i liked at first and then i got very tired of was all the bunting for a hit it just like I, I know I've seen the stats that they hit like they, they hit like 700 on bun attempts or whatever. I I don't care. It's just I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. It's annoying to me. It's uh, it feels like they're being too clever, or they're either being too clever or they're admitting they they can't play baseball the regular way. That's the way it feels to me. Yeah. I hadn't really even thought about the bunts because I just thought, man, the Giants just didn't look like a baseball. They, they didn't seem like they were in the same league as the rest of the league half the time this year. That's a good place to leave that in a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what we hope to see this offseason. And we're going to get to your listener questions and then we'll do a little wrap up. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Let's get into what we hope to see this offseason, which they've been saying is going to be a massive offseason of change and activity. Franzaiti said these last two offseasons have been on, you know, basically on the calendar as these are our big transition years. I think that does tie into the whole Brandon Belt idea of, you know, this is when they're going to shake, shake the players loose from the championship run. And had it not been for last year when all of them had one last blip of life, it might have happened this past offseason, which again calls into question to me the ruthlessness of a ruthlessly efficient behavioral economist looking at that and saying like, well, I have to run it back. <laughs> we have no choice but to stand. So <laughs> right. That was a little bizarre. It's like, wait, no, wait. And then and then be ruthless on the Kevin Gossman front because you won't go to five years. So I just it just boggles my mind. So that what well, we hope to see this offseason, Doug. What do you hope to see this offseason besides getting to the end of the hunt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I want the Giants to 
to just do what they've done did when they were successful and uh and finish second on a couple of the big free agents <laughs> i'm uh, i'm looking forward to that where they'll say uh aaron Judge, like you know they made a good offer uh it was a little bit more money but in the end my heart was in new york when they gave me that extra year i i had to come back uh but i have nothing but respect for the giants and they're a great franchise and grew up rooting for them and I, I wish them the best. I really, I'm looking forward to that quote. Yeah. Uh, that's I a good that quote. Be really neat. That'll, that'll make me feel good about how next time the giants will definitely get the big free agent. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you know, I do think they can get a pitcher, you know, maybe Radon comes back. Maybe it'll be someone else, but I think they'll, they will be in on sort of a higher tier pitcher which kind of makes sense if you're from the player's perspective um, than a hitter. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to sign because San Francisco will make you pitch better and hit worse. So <laughs> if you're a free agent pitcher, it makes sense that you'd want to go there. Yeah. I think I've tweeted about this. and I've even mentioned it here. It'll be fun to watch the giants offer judge six years, $250 million and watch him sign for seven years, $280 million. (laughs) It's like, but whatever. Uh, I think I'm with you on the strong. I want to, I definitely want to see them finish the strong second, right? Like Machado, they weren't even in on when that was happening. And they just put all their eggs in the Bryce Harper basket. So Trey Turner, Aaron judge, Carlos Renan, they would all be incredibly helpful to next year's team. Um, but you know, the giants aren't going to go five years. I was trying to come up with the post to be like, well, maybe they can Kershaw their way into something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe you yeah. can trick the Zaidi algorithm into like, if, if he accepts the offer and then it's like a three or f- three year extension with like a vest for the, and then it's like, that's kind of a five-year deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, he's, he's just going to shut it down. Um, and you know, Aaron, it, to me, it's this uh, of, if it's just one of those three, I'd say, what's the point? Right. Because yeah. not one of those guys is going to turn it around. And then the other part is why would any of those players want to go to the giants? Uh, that this is the part that I think we're all ignoring because we love the Giants and that's fine. But the California taxes, say what you will about that being an issue. But if you're in L.A. versus if you're in Northern California, I, I think that that is significant. And on top of that, I mean, it is a substantial chunk of your income. If it's exactly what you said, if you're a hitter, you're not going to get to the Hall of Fame hitting in Oracle Park. If you're a pitcher, your chances go up potentially. But the team knows that, and they're not going to give you five years. So, so now you're in an interesting bind. And I think also if you're a pitcher, they're not going to try to blow up the like. Is a Max Scherzer gonna? Is a Max Scherzer deal going to happen with the Giants? I don't see that happening. Not if they can find Alex Cobb's around, which I think they can. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they can. I'll, I'll say, if they're talking about going out and getting a top free agent starter. I think one of the things that they learned from last offseason is that if you want that sure thing who doesn't come with a big injury risk, like, let's not forget, Radon came with a big injury risk this year. Like, he paid off. He was great. But coming into the year, you didn't know that was going to happen. If you want that starter, you have to go five years, mm-hmm. uh, at least. Yeah. So that's something that they – either they're going to do that or they should just shut up about trying to get a top free agent pitcher. 
those are their options. I think we're I think we're in for Kyle Harrison maybe and uh, some other Statcast darling I I haven't looked into that we haven't figured out yet. That's on the Alex Cobb ar- right. arrangement. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I always get Alex Cobb, or I used to always get Alex Cobb mixed up with. Um, I'm I'm gonna type it now. Maybe I'll remember to edit this out. <laughs> Jake Odorizzi. That's what it was. I always get Alex Cobb and Jake Odorizzi combined in my head, and now I'm wondering, like, is Jake Odorizzi a guy they'll trade for and tweak and and Alex Cobb up? So. But it's not just Alex Cobb. We got to remember they did they did the same thing with Gossman. And if you really want to be generous, which is not unreasonable, Diascofani as well. They took basically two guys who had washed out of their previous orgs and that were basically relievers. They turned them back into starters and into quality starters at that. So, and Alex Cobb, he, he was already making all the adjustments before the Giants got him. So at least on that sense, like I would love Radon to come back because, well, he set strikeout records that the Giants have never had before. He is like the de facto dominant ace that you'd want on your playoff team that can strike guys out. But at the same time, I am confident that they can find some starting pitchers. So, yeah, it seems like they can. I mean, to me, the only question is if the league is going to catch up to whatever they're doing, which will they probably could. happen at some point. Yeah, I I think... Yeah, don't screw around. Like, get the best (laughs) picture you can. I want to see uh, I want to see some interrogation of the front office. I want someone to ask Zaidi about the 75 wins is no problem. (laughs) I want to see it followed up. I'm like, okay, so you got six more wins for $100 million. (laughs) Uh, So what do you think about that? And... I want to hear, I want some, some interrogation of that, some revisitation of it. That was another thing I want. Anything else that you want to see this off season? So I'm not sure if I want to see this this off season because he, he has some personal stuff, but I think the funniest possible thing the Giants would be able to do would be to sign Carlos Correa. <laughs> and here, and here's why I know he's a cheater. I'm not saying I want him on the team, but Dodgers fans would absolutely lose their shit about it. Yes. And it, that would be hilarious. So what you're saying is hashtag great for the rivalry. Great for the rivalry. <laughs> and he, he will absolutely sign for the biggest number. Like it's not even about, I don't think it's even about what he gets after taxes. I think it's about the biggest number that will be reported for him. Mm. So all you have to do is outbid everyone else. <laughs> we're we're going to get a new GM. That'll be interesting potentially because a, a logical question to ask when upon this GM's hiring, it could be a woman, it could be anybody, I don't know, is asking them, Farhan Zaidi said in an interview that he is not a good salesman. <laughs> do you think you are a good salesman? And do you think that will help you attract free agents the Giants had previously missed on? I feel like that's a fair question to ask. I, I think so, though. If he is a good salesman, you have to understand there's a chance he's going to sell you some magic beans for everything in your wallet. So... That is a great that is a great point because I had a shower thought about the JD Davis trade. I'm like, are the Mets the last team you can do this to? Or like the Mets and maybe the Royals and maybe a couple of other teams? Because that ground has got to be shrinking, right? You know, the Giants edge, the Rays edge, that kind of stuff, that has to be shrinking a little bit. There the the brain energy is spreading out too much. There's too many like-minded people out there. But you're totally right. <laughs> uh, it'll be a red flag if anyone comes from the Mets, though. So, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, I mean, I I want to see, listen, I want to see the Giants get Aaron Judge. 
I, I know it's not going to happen, though. I'm, I'm not even stepping on my own. Of course, the Giants aren't getting Aaron Judge article, which is going to complete the trilogy. But, you know, is that the guy that I don't think that's the thing that breaks the spell. The Giants objectively need a lot of work. And it's like, what are they playing for? Because they're not playing for the division. Um, is there a Mookie Betts available, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they say the, the Red Sox might resign or sign to Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. So yeah. as soon as they do that, you know, I would call them back. You know, you guys had a pretty disappointing year. You might need to cut salary. You don't need Rafael Devers, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, you, you know, you had a bad year with him. Are you going to get yeah. worse without him? Yeah, that's worse right. than fifth? I don't think so. Here, or, have, here have Tommy Lasella. Right. Or uh, re-signing Aaron Judge for the Yankees. And it's like, hey, we can take uh, Aaron Hicks and Gleber Torres off your hands for you. <laughs> that no, Aaron we... Hicks salary is is just a bother, right? And Gleber Torres, uh, whatever. You got Jose Peraza. You can, you know, the Giants yeah. can just cut um, Aaron Hicks and have right. Gleber Torres. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect plan. I see nothing that can go wrong. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into these listener questions? Let's do it. Okay, uh, Joe Man two one two a long time ago on the site uh, on the comments section asked, assuming the Giants are big spenders this offseason, ha! <laughs> do you think it makes sense to invest at the top of the market or try to spread it out on mid tier free agents? Well, this is sort of what we're talking about. Do I think it makes sense to do one or the other? I think it makes sense to do both. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll go for a big, they'll go for one big splash and then try to spread some money around and like two or three other areas. That's kind of my, my guess. If they can get, so, I mean, let's just follow the, the, the top line. The, it's kind of a lie. It's kind of being presented as the giants are pursuing Aaron judge and they'll pursue Aaron judge and Trey Turner this off season. Well, that's, that kind of makes you think they're going to go after both of them. Doesn't it? Yeah. The way that said, but that's not what's going to happen. It's one or the other. They're going to try for one, and when they miss on one, they're going to go after the other, and they'll miss on him. Yeah, that is what's going to happen. So it's kind of the idea that they're going to – it's not going to be like a Cueto-Samarja, you know, attack, right? Where they're like, we're focused on those guys. We're going after after both of them, Um, and that's who we're going to get, which now, I guess in retrospect, like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway – does it make sense to invest at the top of the market? Try to spread it out. The thing about spreading around to mid-tier free agents is I think the middle class of free agency has in, has been targeted by ownership, by the league, to destroy it. So I don't know what a mid-tier looks like. I do acknowledge that, that this question would seem to imply like another Alex Cobb or like Alex Wood or something like that. Yeah, I think the Giants will always do that. And Part of the part of the Zaidi plus the Giants money versus Zaidi plus the A's money is that it's a lot easier for him to do stuff like that, and he can find a lot of value there. Yeah, no, I mean it's they'll do a good job with that. I mean the problem is just Alex Cobb will only take you so far. Like I mean, is yes, is Jock Peterson mid tier? Yes, I think he is. Like yes. he might, even if he's a top tier hitter, his his terrible defense drags him down a lot. Yeah, and then they'll they'll find a Darren Ruff or something like that. It doesn't have to be someone who is playing overseas, but you know, someone who has like this really specific strain of of numbers that are like wow, his barrel rate from June to August. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like amazing. Right. <laughs> and and they'll they'll do something like that. I think 
I think it's completely normal, though, for fan bases to look at the top and say, if you're striking out there, you must not have a good team. And I think that's completely fair to only react to that in general. But I think with the Giants, the added thing is if they strike out there, which I'm sure they will, but I could still be wrong. But if they do strike out there, they've got nothing else because they're in past years. It was like, we'll build around bonds or, you know what I mean? Like we'll build around our strong young pitching. And what are they building around? They're building around far anxiety. That's they're building around. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, on the field, Logan Webb, Camilo Duvall. Yes. Maybe VR. If he turns out to be like, a re- if he keeps, going on his upward trajectory. Maybe but, J.D. Davis, if they hold on to him. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not a lot. Uh, our old pal Steve Svensson via, via Twitter asks, how many full-time players planning for 140 games started do you think need to be added this offseason at a minimum? I'll say at least three, and at least two of those three will have to be outfielders. You can't just plan on eight platoons next season and be taken seriously. I don't think the Giants are concerned about being taken seriously. I think that's no, why they're, far. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, they, they're going to do things their own way, and you know, if if it ends up where they think the best possible thing that could happen is to have a bunch of platoons, they'll do it again. I think they don't want to. Um, that's what it seems like that they're they're aiming to have less platoons. I've seen that comment that they want three or four everyday players, and they can kind of mix and match around that. But. Uh, it's just hard to take anything that they say seriously when it when it's all when they say things that are clearly um, uh, what the fans have been saying. Right. So, you know what I mean? It's easy for them to say, oh, yeah, well, we don't want pr- platoons. But Gabe Kap- uh, Kapler was interviewed right at the end of the season, you know, and he was talking about players needing the Giants have a lot of buy-in and it's sort of like if players, if pitchers can't be flexible, I'm only a reliever in this, in, in these types of innings, that makes you less valuable than a guy who's like, well, I can open uh, or, uh, and that's not as valuable as I can open or I can follow and be a bulk guy. So the Giants in their, in their own modeling prefer flexibility. So the platooning, and all that to maximize, to be the most efficient team, it's built into how they look at players. Yeah. 100%. So them, so them saying that they're, they're again, that they're not trying to, to platoon everything is just, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, we'd all like a team of Mookie bets. So, you know what I mean? I mean? It's kind of bullshit. It's like, yeah, of course, if we had a bunch of Mookies, if we had Mookies bets, Right. Yes, we, we'd be fine. We wouldn't have to platoon, but that's not the, re- but that's never a reality. You can very rarely get to that situation and, you know, platoons can work, but I think it's an interesting question because Austin Slater has been so solid for them. It's like, but he works as essentially a replacement guy. He's not a starter. You know, he works as a as a fourth outfielder. And so even if you're platooning him in and he's quote unquote, a third outfielder, you know, it's just, is it Slater and Yastrzemski? That's one part of a platoon, and then you're kind of working the rest of the outfield. I would kind of agree with that, to be honest. Uh, I just don't know where you're going to find... Get rid of the idea that it's about finding good players. It's about finding value. So a good player might cost you $20 million, but guess what? If his performance is $20 million, then he has no value. (laughs) That's how they look at it. 
it's it's almost indisputable and you have to and it, it's only when they do pay a guy exactly what he asks for or whatever that's like them doing it begrudgingly so if you see the giants signing a bunch of outfielders for like 12 million dollars in january it's because you know they've <laughs> they've been biting it by trying to sneak some value but with far anxiety we've seen he'd rather just grab a michael reed at the end of spring training than than do that and how how is that going every time he does it? Right. Well, he didn't get the job by saying, I want to win. He said, I'm going to be a rational actor in the market, and I'm going to make you money. Yes. Um, okay, so Andrew Bader on Twitter asks, why did I watch so many games this year? Why won't Larry Bear retire? Why don't actual aerial tables apply to Charles Johnson? Well, you watch the games this year because the Giants have the best broadcasting team in baseball. And um, they're still the Giants. They had some flashes of whatever. Little a little sparkle from last year. The the stadium's still beautiful. Why won't Larry Bear retire? Money. Why don't actual aerial tables apply to Charles Johnson? Well, money. He's no doubt um what was that thing going around Silicon Valley where they were taking the blood from young people? Yeah, that thing. He, he's pretty tight with Peter Peter Thiel. Yeah. Thiel. They're just they're doing that together, taking the blood from virgins and injecting it into their veins. This did remind me, though, that the reason why the Giants are going to be big spenders this offseason, Doug, stop me if I'm wrong, but the election cycle will be over. That's true. So, so that's yeah. why they will have the money to spend now. <laughs> yeah, Charles, Charles Johnson isn't going to have to give money to any uh, traders for at least like four more months. Yeah, next offseason, lock it down again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you better get that money in now, Horhan, or else it's yeah. not getting spent. Okay. and and then. Kind of our last listener question. I feel bad because two weeks ago, Dave in Exile asked us on the same post that Joe Man 212 did. He wanted us to ask Roger a question, and I filed it under the general listener question for the end of the season, so I'm sorry I missed it. He asked, um, please ask Roger his odds of a Petters, Brown, is it Peters, Brown, and Matos outfield in Richmond next May, June? Um this is where I'm like, go to rogermunter.substack.com, subscribe to There Are Giants. You'll get an answer. But on the 26th, Roger wrote sort of a, here are all the positives from the system. And he talked very frankly about Matos and that the industry is, he said this on our podcast, the industry was totally shocked by Matos. But that next May, next June, him being in Richmond was very likely anyway because of how strongly Matos ended the season. As for the other two, again, I think that's the time to check out the site. Like and subscribe. So, uh, but I did reach out because on our Roger episode, we did get a question from Vin Bob uh, asking, I was hoping something on McCray, and me too, but I forgot to ask the follow-up question when Roger briefly mentioned Grant McCray. So I did actually email Roger about that, and I asked him about, I said, um, if Von Brown hadn't been your player of the year, would Grant McCray had been it? And if not, where would he be in your mind, and where would you like to see him wind up developmentally by the end of next season? And Roger responded, which, thank you so much, Roger, I appreciate it. He said, yeah, McCray was pretty great, and he's leaping into my top five or six in the system. Behind Brown, the candidates were Schmidt, McCray, and VR, I'd say, and not sure who I would have gone with. Probably Schmidt, but McCray, good choice. Next year, he'll start in Eugene, and you'd like to see him have more success and close down the strikeout rate a bit. If he had a season shaped like Schmidt's this year, where he really succeeds at high A and gets a July or August promotion up to Richmond, that would be a great season. So thanks, Roger. That's uh, That's great. 
So, um, okay. And then this is it. <laughs> We're going to get into our final thoughts here. The, the final thought I want to kick off, though, Doug, is Bob Nightingale wrote today for USA Today, recording this on Sunday, San Francisco Giants will pursue not only Yankee star and judge in the free agency, but also Dodgers all-star shortstop Trey Turner. If the Yankees won't pay the $300 million judge wants, he could wind up in San Francisco, just two hours away from his hometown. Turner is open to staying in L.A., but is believed to prefer the East Coast and maybe the number one target for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yet money may be no object, with the Giants willing to do anything for a return to the postseason, winning 26 less games than a year ago. Jeez, he's got no editor, huh? Uh, we do have the flexibility to be involved in every possible option on the table, Giants president Farhan Zaidi said. And then he brings up these two points. The Giants uh, are not going to pick up. The Giants have no plans to pick up his $13 million option for Evan Longoria, and the Giants are hoping to trade Tommy Listella this winter. So it's it's Nightingale. So Tommy Listella will be the starting second baseman, and they will also pick up Evan Longoria's option, and neither Judge nor, nor Turner is coming to San Francisco. Which is tough because that's what we're all predicting anyway. Yeah. So it's right. like... Okay, so it's it's the, the, the Nightingale curse is just, it's the opposite of what he says. It doesn't matter if what he says, the, the opposite being is what we already cynically say it is. It doesn't matter. Just the opposite. It does okay. not matter. All right. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was, you know, he's he kind of asserts with authority something that's not clear at all. If the Yankees won't pay the $300 million judge wants, he could wind up in San Francisco. And then the Giants saying they have flexibility – I've got flexibility to do things too. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so final thoughts though. Um, Farhan Zaidi says, I expect us to be really active this off season. Where has sort of the, the last few years of, I know the pandemic kind of screws it up, but do you feel like the last few years and this year kind of combined into any sort of coalescing thought for you or, or is this this year just its own thing? Uh, I mean, I think I said it last week uh, that if you take out 2021, the Giants are on an upward trend. Um, I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like it right now, but they were from significantly below 500 to a little below 500 to 500 with that one year of being way up there, also there. Uh, so if you, if you put it on a graph and then you had Excel to the trend line, <laughs> the trend line would be going up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is are they going up enough? Are, is their ceiling a playoff team? Is their ceiling the NL West? Like, that's, that's sort of the question that they might be capping out right now at about, about where we might expect to see them. Uh, my other closing thought is and I didn't get this in the the things we didn't like about the season. God, that Donovan Walton trade was awful. <laughs> really should have mentioned that one earlier. That, that has the potential to be among the worst trades in Giants history. So Donnie Walton, Kevin Padlow, a lot of noise this season, but you're going with Donnie, Donnie Walton. Well, because what they traded for Donovan Walton was Prelander Baroa, who had a really good year in yeah. the minors. So if he makes the majors at all, that trade is a disaster. If he's like a star in the majors, then that's uniquely bad. Is it in the Casey McGee territory? Yeah, it could be. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. There's still a good chance it won't be, but because 
you can never like guarantee someone's going to be as good as Luis Castillo. Uh, but it has a shot and you don't want to trade to have a shot. <laughs> That's true. You're trying to win. Yeah. Permanent victory type thing. I do want to say this. It was great to get back to talking about and blogging about the giants. I just couldn't stay away for some reason. Uh, Doug, uh, I really appreciate you coming back and doing this. It's been fun talking to you and uh, you're really quite brilliant. It's, it's nice to be around smart people. So thank you. It's, <laughs> Even, it's delightful. <laughs> Uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a little tiny winter hiatus, but not right away. Next week, we're going to have a special episode and I'm going to try to drag Brady in to do kind of an end of the season wrap up. I feel like he's busy with the NBA warriors, which might have some storylines going on right now. Um, the warriors, so. <laughs> I thought I, they just won the title. Everything must be good over there. <laughs> oh, and my actual closing thought is it's been great talking to you and it's fun talking to you. I think the giants have... To me, their cynicism is kind of more out in the open than they probably think it is. That's kind of my feeling is that Giants are actually a pretty cynical organization. And I, I'm going to f- choose to find that amusing more than anything else. Uh, I really appreciate all the people who have come back and listened to us this year. I, I think it's never easy to go dark on a podcast and then bring it back from the dead. And uh, a lot of people decided, yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up again. And I think it worked out, and I'm really happy with it. So thanks for listening to McCovey Chronicles, McCovey Croncast this season. Uh, And we'll be back next week with a special episode that you don't want to miss. Okay, so until uh, next week, go read. Doug, where are you at? Uh, You can find me at giantsdoug.substack.com, where I write twice a week about the Giants. I do not know what I'm going to write about this week. Hopefully some storyline will present itself. Hopefully a new GM. That would be great. That'd be fun. Yeah. And uh, I guess for the last time this season, go Giants. Go whoever's playing the Dodgers.